We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Know your enemy. Uh, great guest in the first half uh, talking to uh, James. He obviously from Sports Illustrated. He uh, he knew his stuff. This is going to be a, a really fun matchup, I think. Uh, AFC North football is always a good one. Uh, first Bengals game of the year. Um, does that AFC North still kind of have that mistake mystique of being like that uh, that top division in football? It could. It could be there. The Browns were looking like they might, they might, you know, break the break the curse or the streak, whatever you want to call it, where they've just been terrible since they came back in the league. They looked like a threat to break that this year. That that kind of looks like it was smoke and mirrors more than anything else, or you know, or just Nick Chubb is that good. Uh, and now the Bengals, the Bengals look like that team that could just knock people off. So maybe, maybe next year. If Joe, if the if the Bengals get a little bit more of a complete team around Joe Burrow, we could we could see this this group being three deep. Uh, but right now, it still looks like it's just two deep. But those two, the Steelers and Ravens, are top five in the NFL. They're they're top well, definitely top five in the AFC, uh, and they're in that discussion for across the NFL. So I'd say yeah, it, it still makes us one of the toughest divisions. I would love to see a third team really step up. And make us that division that is that is just a nightmare. Was was that a shot at the Cleveland Browns, Jeffrey Benedict? What? <laughs> don't hey, don't blame me. The statement is true. Don't blame me for saying. Don't shoot the messenger. If they if they don't want to, if they don't want to be embarrassing, then they they if they don't want to be embarrassing, they shouldn't be embarrassing. No, I, I think I really just wanted to uh, to to get that out in the open there. That, uh, but I agree that the Browns are still that uh, that ugly stepchild that uh, AFC North likes to sweep under the rug. But uh, speaking of Joe Burrow and the future of the AFC North, before uh, Lindsey jumps on here, um, what uh, what are your general thoughts? Or is there some current concern that the Bengals might be the team to beat in this division in say three four years down the road from here? If they can build a team around Joe Burrow. Like if if you gave that kid a defense right now, that team would be a playoff team. If they had a really good defense, and it was a, a situation where like similar to like the the Steelers, you know, say last year instead of getting you know Minka Fitzpatrick, we just lose all the games. We end up with a Joe Burrow, you know, on this roster, and and they, so I don't know, sign a free agent safety that that gets us to be like a top ten, top half of the league defense. Joe Burrow would be would be taking the team to the playoffs. You know, the, the Bengals right now have problems on the offensive line and they have crazy problems on defense. That defense is not good. And they're still they're still in these games. They're either in it or they're or they're beating teams. And like like uh, our last guest said, the only the only game they've really gotten smoked was against the Ravens when the Ravens came out and just you know, Burrow didn't have time to to catch the ball and and set his feet before they were in his face. And you just – you can't play that way. You can't play football that way. No one can, let alone someone who's never – literally never faced that before in their life. Right. Now, let's uh, let's welcome in Lindsay Patterson into our conversation here. Uh, she's from Inquirer Sports and Q102 Cincinnati. Lindsay, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. How are you guys? Doing, doing good. Well. Perfect. Now – we're talking about uh, obviously Sunday's matchup. Um, obviously, the, the biggest thing off the top here, I, I think, is uh, how you think the Cincinnati Bengals match up with these Pittsburgh Steelers. 
I mean, it's pretty easy to look at the records right now. And if you're judging by that, the way the Pittsburgh Steelers has gotten to where they're at at 8-0 on the season, you look at this tough defense. Yeah, they have the offensive weapons in Big Ben, who has the Bengals' numbers. I think you look at this more as what Joe Burrow looked at against the AFC North rival when you look at the Baltimore Ravens. They went really blitz-heavy on him, and that was probably one of his worst games out of his rookie career after eight games. I think when you look at the matchup and the defense on the Pittsburgh Steelers' side, that's where you have to be worried if you're the Cincinnati Bengals. Look, it's Joe Burrow's first game. I know it's going to be different on the road without that Pittsburgh atmosphere at home, but it's still going to be a tough one for this rookie quarterback. Jeffrey? Um, <laughs> how, how do you see uh, – do you see think this offense is going to change much? We were just talking about this in our last section. Uh, after the bye week with, with Zach Taylor able to sit down, Joe Burrow, you've got rookie T. Higgins. Um, do you expect much change after the bye week to really focus on what these rookies have been doing well? I don't think you want that to happen the way they've been rolling the last three weeks, getting 30 plus points. And, you know, in Cincinnati, the last couple of weeks prior to the Tennessee game or even the Cleveland game and what they were able to do in Indy. Yeah, they took two L's and two of three of those. But what they were be able to do during the play calling for Zach Taylor, Joe Burrow talked to us about it a couple of weeks ago, and he said that Zach Taylor takes him the night before on Saturday night, and they go over some of his top plays, what he likes. I truly believe Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow are really beginning that that trust relationship uh, on what he, he's able to call. Even in this wrong, young rookie, he's really trusting him as the quarterback on, on what really gels and the chemistry they're starting to gain. I mean, you see that with the wide receivers right now and T. Higgins. I think he's an underrated MVP piece and just one of his best – I mean – you could say he's a number one wide receiver at times for Joe Burrow. And of course they got Tyler Boyd, AJ Green out there and on tape starting to show up too. Now for this matchup, I was talking to Jeffrey about it a little bit before as well. There, the Steelers and Bengals had a really nasty rivalry going on. It, it, it went way past, I think the level, like disrespect. It was, uh, it was physical at times. It, is this still that kind of matchup or have we kind of moved past that? You know, it's funny. I was actually talking to someone else in Pittsburgh earlier today. I feel this locker room so different. I mean, there's so many young guys on the offense and defensive side. And like you mentioned, that rivalry was just getting dirty and honestly painful to watch on both ends. I felt like both sides were really guilty with the way they were playing. I mean, you can look back on so many games, the the memorable and the infamous playoff game with the way that went. Um, it's just that's not a rivalry you really want to continue. You, you, you like it. It's great for the fans. Of course, the AFC North. I mean, I might be biased because I cover the AFC North, but I, I feel like it's one of the toughest and best divisions in the NFL. So it's really fun to watch. I, I, I would like to see a little more of, of that rivalry on the field with the talent from Pittsburgh, with the talent from Cincinnati, and, and less of those uh, dirty hits. And like I said, both teams are, are guilty from it. But I, I honestly don't think it's the same. I really don't. And maybe 2020 is just a weird year overall. But I, I think that that dirty part of the rivalry, I, I don't see it as much going forward in 2020. Ho hopefully. Jeffrey? <laughs> yeah, um... I was looking at the the Bengals defense in this game. Uh, the Steelers, the Steelers have a lot of weapons and they've been putting up points, but it hasn't been the most impressive offense. Uh, and we've been really struggling to get our run game going. And so I started looking at the Cincinnati Bengals defensive line. I like to ask you, like, what is going on there? You guys are playing like eight defensive linemen or more every game. There's a lot of rotation. There's a lot of people in and out. 
what's going on with the defensive line and how do you think that will hold up? That's the million dollar question. I, I think what's so bizarre about the defensive line, if you go back to March, April, May, June, prior to the season, you would look at a group on this offense or defensive side and say, what's the strongest group for the Cincinnati Bengals? And I think you could have looked at the defensive line and said that. And the reason I say that is, you have Geno Adkins out there who one day I feel like will be a Hall of Famer. You thought Carlos Dunlap was in there for the long haul. You get Sam Hubbard, Carl Lawson has really started to step up. And then they get DJ Reader. I thought, you know, this guy, a leader on and off the field, a great addition for them. And that was a huge splash for them because, as everybody knows, when you think about the Cincinnati Bengals, they don't spend enough money in the offseason and they just went and spent a lot. I call it the Joe Burrow effect. Um, and and it went, they went heavy on the defensive side, too. So I thought that was really surprising. But I think you would have looked at that and you thought, oh, OK, DJ Reader, Geno Adkins, you're going to have them on the line and then you're going to rotate Mike Daniels in there. Who isn't a bad backup to have in there at the time? He's one of your starters uh, because of all the injuries. Geno Adkins just he, he struggled. Um, he had a shoulder injury and they're slowly getting him back out there. And he's just not the same Geno Adkins that we've seen previously. Uh, they've struggled getting to the quarterback. If they've seen any success, it's Carl Lawson. And, of course, everybody knows the social media, uh, kind of what happened with, with Carlos Dunlap. He wasn't liking how he was being used um, from the defensive coordinator, the D-line coach. So he got out of Cincinnati, and and uh, it's been some of the younger guys um, rotating different guys out there. But one of the biggest struggles with the defensive side, and I don't want to make excuses because of injuries, but – they can't get to the quarterback. And they honestly only saw DJ Reader and Geno Adkins in the same game all season long for half of a game. So we never really even saw that. No, no real threat. Um, and that's just one of the things. I mean, you look at past games against the Pittsburgh Steelers and Big Ben has had all day. Um, so that's one of the, the the biggest things that they have to worry about going into Sunday with this defensive line because it's still young. It's still thin. And uh, it's not the same depth uh, at a D-line that we thought going into the season that they would have. Right now, expanding on what Jeffrey was saying and just kind of talking about the Steelers' offense, it, it seems like Ben Roethlisberger, for the first time in a number of years, he, he's kind of being able to uh, throw to any one of his receivers that on any given play. He's not really forced to throw to someone who's, I guess, throwing a hissy fit. But um, there, there's obviously the, the core four receivers. Ray Ray McLeod starting to make some plays. Eric Ebron scored the game-winning touchdown a week ago. Is there one of those kind of uh, offensive weapons that kind of scare you the most that perhaps might get a uh, get a good uh, matchup against the Cincinnati Bengals? I think you know it, it's so the the wide receiver room when you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Honestly, from watching them and just covering the NFL for the past six years in Cincinnati, they can make anybody look good. I mean, so many receivers, so many talented guys. I feel like Juju is finally getting it going out there and and, and really stepping up. Um, Obviously, with Claypool, um, what he's been able to do that addition as a rookie has been really surprising. Uh, Eric e Eric Ebram, I mean, they just have trouble with the tight end position. Um, Pittsburgh knows that. They pretty much own Cincinnati when, when you look at what they've been able to do and capitalize on those opportunities. I think whatever Pittsburgh does offensively, they make it look so easy. I, I don't know if it's just because I've watched a lot of Pittsburgh Cincinnati L's. Uh, but it's uh, it's always it's always uh, surprising what they're able to do offensively. Right, Jeffrey. Okay, if you could give uh, a strength for the Bengals defense, we just talked about how it looked like it was going to be the defensive line. Uh, do they have a, a unit now that you can sit and say, okay, the, this is the best defense part of the Bengals defense? 
I think right now it's pretty easy to say you could say Jesse Bates. Um, what he's been able to do with the safety positions, if pro football focus is your thing, you look at the numbers, he's number one now, and it, it's almost by a mile. And that's hard to say when you look at that in the NFL. And look, Jesse, he kind of slacked a little bit last year. His um, infamous highlight reel against Lamar Jackson when uh, Lamar just did his thing into the end zone and uh, left Je Jesse Bates behind. I think what he's been able to do, some game-changing plays and interception, we saw that in the Tennessee Titans game a couple weeks ago. Um, his energy, young guy out there in the secondary, and they really just need a playmaker. I, I think when I think of playmakers, especially on the defensive side, you can even look at Pittsburgh. They've been able to do that in the draft. Some of their younger guys, um, what they need to do, against AFC North rivals, against the Baltimore Ravens, against Cleveland Browns, against the Pittsburgh Steelers, is get that playmaker. And we're really starting to see that out of Jesse Bates. I mean, credit to the young linebacker groups, too. I think Logan Wilson, um, former Bengals teams, you wouldn't, you wouldn't really see these rookies starting right, right away and getting that impact on the field. And we're starting to see that from Logan Wilson. He's getting to the quarterback. He's had two interceptions. Um, and that's what they need to do because that linebacker room, it needs the depth. It needs starters. But they just need more playmakers out there. Right now, you did mention uh, PFF, and I don't think they're uh, really big fans in Pittsburgh of PFF right now because uh, I think the chat with them is how much uh, how much hate they have on Ben Roethlisberger not being able to lead this team. But I digress. We'll move on to a super chat from uh, from one of our listeners here tonight, from Just Me, who puts five dollars in the tip jar. Uh, she says, "Respect to you, Lindsay. Uh, you are, in fact, the first female uh, guest that we've had on Know Your Enemy. So, welcome to the show. We're happy to have you." Um, her question to you is, who is your X factor on either side? On either side of, for Pittsburgh? For Pittsburgh and for Cincinnati. One for each team, if you got one. All right. I mean, this is going to be so easy when I say it. I, I'm going to go with, with uh, Joe Burrow. I'm going to go with him being the X factor. And the reason I say that, look, it's such a softball answer to say Joe Burrow. Um, it's the first time he's played against this Pittsburgh team. I think what he's been able to do, and I hate to use this as an excuse too, but no preseason games. I mean, he's only had one really bad game. It was against the Baltimore Ravens. They were able to blitz him. And that's something we could see again on Sunday. And that's something he's going to have to face with a strong D line with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think just impressive leadership you're starting to see out there some of the veterans on the team even Gio Bernard told us when he's in the huddle we always feel like we're going to win and I think you look at all these games but one the reason the Cincinnati Bengals were in these games was because of Joe Burrow I mean he put up 30 plus points and credit to his team I mean you got a underrated wide receiver group and T Higgins Tyler Boyd Auden Tate starting to show up you really need to utilize him a little bit in the red zone and, and even AJ Green out there um I'm not I'm pretty sure that uh Joe Burrow likes his weapons that he has but He's just been able to overcome so much with this team um, and some of the holes on defense and going back out there and just showing that leadership that they needed in a young rookie. And I, I guess I would say Joe Burrow, and, and I'd bounce it off of this because the only way the Bengals can win on Sunday, and this is my hot take, this is my prediction right here, is if they can score points, no field goals. And if they can score points, yeah, doll, you're gonna have to put some points on the board. But you gotta, you gotta go for six. You can't kick three points, and and that's one thing we've seen past teams do is just, oh, you're on the road. We'll just get some points right now. You know, no, you gotta go for six. Why not? You have two wins, you have five losses, and you have a tie on the season. And it's first time against Pittsburgh. Zach Taylor is looking for his first road win in his NFL head coaching career with Cincinnati. So Sunday's pretty big for Joe Burrow. And, and on the on the other flip side, I'll go. 
I'll go the D line. I'll just go the full D line when you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers because this team can put pressure on Joe Burrow. That's the reason that they've just been capitalizing on on the way they've been playing going 8-0 on the season is they've created turnovers. And Joe Burrow has made some rookie mistakes and he's thrown some interceptions that I'm sure he would like back and some dropped uh, almost interceptions too by Joe Burrow. And, and if the Pittsburgh Steelers defense can get to him, scare him like they did against like the Baltimore Ravens defense did and just kind of go after him with that pressure and the blitz, I, I think that is the way the Pittsburgh Steelers could really take advantage of the young rookie quarterback. So I'll battle it with those two. Um, it was probably a softball answer, but I think that matchup is what I'm looking forward to on Sunday. No, those are perfect, and the battle between the uh, the D line and Joe Burrow is probably going to be the one that dictates the game. I I would assume. But Jeffrey, uh, do you have any more questions? I am good. <laughs> perfect. Um, I, I think I, I still have a couple more. Um, one of the questions we love to ask our, uh, our people that join us on the show is if you could pluck one player off uh, the Steelers roster and, and throw them on the Bengals roster, who who would that one player be? I think I'd have to go with Watt. I mean, I know Pittsburgh will be really upset about that. But as I mentioned, um, when you look what he's been able to do out there and what they do and give Pittsburgh credit, they get the playmakers out there on defense. And that's one thing that I think Cincinnati looks at and they're like, we got to start doing that. I mean, you can look at your offensive weapons all day and, and what you're doing with the offensive line and how that has to be stronger. You get a playmaker on defense and, and it's a game changer and, and it's a cliche to say, but defense wins championships and they also win games and the Bengals only have two wins right now and a tie. So I think that's what the, the game changer would be. What would it take what and, and st- strengthen the defensive line a little bit. Right. And it's funny. It, it, it's almost a question that I, I feel like we probably should stop asking because only one week someone said make a Fitzpatrick. So uh, TJ Watts, the, the, the typical answer. Um, I, I guess maybe one or two more things before we get out here. Obviously, uh, COVID has been slamming both teams. Um, a, a number of players in the Steelers and Bengals have been put on that reserve list. What do you what do you think that kind of means for uh, for this matchup? And where is there even a chance it could get canceled? You know, it's really crazy because I want to say that Pittsburgh and the Bengals were one of a handful of teams who didn't have any COVID cases for pretty much the whole entire season. Um, The way they've all been handling it, I feel like it's professional. And honestly, it's just one of those things. You never know what can happen as far as contact tracing. And I'll leave all that other stuff up to the doctors to talk about. Um, I felt, and you can roll the tape back in April. um, I told my co-host Tyler Dragon over on the Cincinnati Inquirer, we were going to see an NFL season. Maybe not preseason games, but the NFL will always go on if it can. And if it can't, they just pushed a couple days. Um, they have a plan. And to the NFL's credit, they have pretty tough protocols. Uh, I see, you know, Ben is on the reserve COVID list. It sounds like that was contact tracing. You know, hopefully for him, that's just, you know, he's good to go. Negative tests and any plays on Sunday. Um, I, I honestly think that uh, they play. Uh, everyone's just obviously that they'll, they'll get moved to the COVID test or the COVID list and have to take multiple tests before they're cleared and, and can be on the active roster for game day. I know the Bengals kind of went virtual this week and, and Ben was kind of doing a similar thing besides his rehab work is where they were doing a lot of zooms and this team and, and the Pittsburgh Steelers too, they're familiar with that. I mean, they did their whole off season and Joe Burrow did a, a lot of his pre-training camp at home um, in his parents' basement call and plays so a lot of this is really you know some of the things that they're familiar with and unfortunate you, you don't want to deal with that Joe Burrow was asked about it today if you know if it ever unfortunately happened to him and how he would deal with it and he's like oh no I've actually thought about that you know it's it's not a fun thing to think about 
Um, and I know there's bigger things in the world than football, but I honestly think that um, we'll see a game on Sunday, and I think Ben Roethlisberger will be the quarterback on the other side. It'll be super interesting to see how that plays out. One last thing for you before uh, we uh, we let you out of here. Score prediction for this game. I know it probably putting you on a spot, but uh, who, who, who are you leaning, and uh, what's that final score? I've said it a couple times um, with other radio stations and then over on Cincinnati Inquirer. I have uh, Pittsburgh winning. They'll go 9-0 and on the season, and I actually think it's going to be 28-20, to and some might say, oh, it's a pretty close game. I think the Bengals get a late touchdown to make the score look a little bit better, but uh, that defense is tough, man. It's one of the biggest reasons why they're undefeated right now, and I- I've said it, and maybe it's a hot take. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are the best team in the AFC. I know you can look at the champs and, and say that you should put KC up there. I think this defense is just so dominant. Um, and then obviously you got Ben on the other side. He has the experience in postseason and, and, and these games and, and knows how to handle it. I think they're the best team in the AFC North. Um, I think Baltimore has been a little bit of a disappointment in the last couple of weeks. And even though they got the dub this past weekend, um, there's just something about this Pittsburgh team. Uh, I, they still have the Bengals number. It's not much of a rivalry until you start winning some games on the other side, but uh, just just them, they, the, all the confidence in the world and, and credit to Mike Tomlin. But yeah, I think the Bengals fall. Um, they'll get lost number six and the Pittsburgh Steelers extend a 9-0. I think you just became a big fan of uh, of a lot of people here in Pittsburgh and Steelers fans around the world. Uh, Lindsay, Lindsay Patterson, thank you so much for your time. Uh, Inquirer Sports, uh, Q102 Cincinnati. Thank you again. Uh, this was a lot of fun. No problem. Thanks for having me, guys. Awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Lindsay Patterson. That was, uh, like I said, that was a lot of fun. Uh, a whole new energy to the show. Jeffrey, uh, sorry for uh, cutting you out for a minute there, but uh, we'll get back We'll get back to you. Um, she mentioned 9-0. Uh, what would that mean for this team? Honestly, 8-0, 9-0, it's, it's, just, it's just setting the franchise record higher. That's all. That's all it really is at this point. I don't. I don't want to see this team go 16 and 0. So I assume we're losing some game. I just Cleveland, I just I think that's a I think that's an awful weight to carry into the postseason. Like I think that's that becomes when you hit the playoffs and you're 16 and 0, it's 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 like almost a weight on you, uh dragging you to say like you're gonna lose, you're gonna screw this up, and everyone's gonna be laughing at you. You know, I, I don't think we're gonna be there. I still think this is a 14 and 2 team. Uh, I don't know where those losses come, but nine to no, eight no. If we, it's just one more game. Like it's it's sad to say, but at the point we're at, we can lose a game, and when we're still we're still great, we're still in great shape. So that winning this game really to me the 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 win column doesn't matter as much. I'm I'm more concerned about being healthy, staying out of it, and and, and getting this team ready for the playoffs. Right. And you know what, for me, I, I want this team to continue winning as long as the Kansas City Chiefs continue to win. They have one loss. I I, I don't know how many more they're going to lose throughout this year. Um, so looking at it from that sense, uh, if they if they go 16-0, sure, it's a huge weight. But if, if the Chiefs go 15-1, it's a necessity to get a, to get a bye. And I think that would be huge for the Steelers. And I know, I know that that is a tremendous weight in the playoffs, but... Having to play, I suppose it's going to be 11 straight games, and then if you have to jump straight into the playoffs, that would hurt. So maybe from that sense, it'd be okay, but I agree that it's totally an anchor to have on you. Uh, but but for this matchup as a whole, is there is there one player on the Bengals that's not named Joe Burrow that you're like, oh, man, we got to play against this guy? 
Uh, it would have to be Jesse Bates. Yeah. Like she said, like, and I'm not really worried about him because our offense doesn't attack the free safety. Our offense is all about the outside and underneath stuff. And we don't really deal with the free safety much. So I really don't think he's going to be that impactful in this game. I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not really worried about the rest of the team. You know, the only person on this team that you really have to worry about is Joe Burrow. Yeah, now with Jesse Bates roaming the top of the field, Ben Roethlisberger took a ton of shots, ton of deep shots last week, and something we kind of talked about off air um, was when he was kind of throwing those deep shots. But with Jesse Bates rolling up there, is that still something you think you might see out of the Steelers, Ben just chucking it deep again, or was that kind of a, a game plan type thing? Well, we've been seeing that for a, for a little while. Uh for those, those of you who weren't in YouTube, for those of you listening, we were talking about uh, Ben is getting the ball, of the ball quickly, even on his deep passes, where he's kind of like, before the receiver's really gotten open, he's throwing it, kind of expecting the receiver to get open, not really seeing that the receiver is getting open. Um, and that's that's why you're seeing a, a, lot of, uh, a lot of plays like the one he threw to Deontay Johnson, where by the time Deontay's catching the ball, there's two defenders between him and the football. It's because Ben had to throw it before Deontay was actually open. You see the same thing with Chase Claypool, and and defenders are getting physical. They're disrupting the timing of those routes, and they're being able to to stop our deep passing game. Uh, Jesse Bates could play into some of those. I don't know if you really want to lob lob deep shots. Uh, you know, just just tossing them up there when Jesse Bates is out there running around. That that could actually get you in trouble. Uh, we saw a guy in Dallas get his hands on a ball and and not bring it in when it was when it was that deep shot to Deontay. Don't want to see that Jesse Bates. He, he can bring those in. Yeah, and if you're throwing him around that guy, it's kind of like having Minka, I suppose. he's. Uh, yeah. I think right now he's kind of projected to be that first team all-pro safety. So th- yeah. that's essentially what uh, teams were facing up against uh, with the Steelers a year ago. I think Minka's really coming to his own uh, this year. Um, is I'll, say, some- I'll say between oh, him and Bates, between Fitzpatrick and Bates, if you're playing a single high safety, Jesse Bates is better than Minka well, Fitzpatrick. If you're moving them around, if you're doing some other stuff with them, Minka Fitzpatrick is better than Jesse Bates. But in that single high safety role, he is better than Minka Fitzpatrick. And when you were when, when you're ta- asking her what player she'd take, and of course she took TJ Watt, I was thinking guy I would have to take would be Jesse Bates. Even right. though we have two safeties, we have a great nickel corner, we have a good dime back. I'd still take Jesse Bates, put him in at that single high safety and, and figure out a way to use Minka all over the field. I mean, like rotate people. I don't know what you do, but that, that's who I would end up taking. Uh, you know what? I, I respect that, but I'm taking Joe Burrow and I'm just going to keep winning uh, championships for the next 20 years after Ben's done too. <laughs> See, I, 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 would take, I would take Joe Burrow, but the Steelers wouldn't. The Steelers would be like, no, he got Ben. Ben's <laughs> playing for 10 more years. Why would, we, <laughs> why would we draft a quarterback? Who cares? Like... I just, I just, yeah. If, I would take Joe Burrow too, but outside of Joe Burrow, let's assume we'll, yeah. let's, let's cut him out of the equation. I think. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like the question that I've been asking uh, the other people coming on. Yeah, we got to take TJ Watt out because that's who yeah. you're, you're, you're going to pick. We really should. We should tell him no yeah. more TJ Watt. Yeah, yeah. Well, week 10, uh, not nine times Watt because of the bye week, we talked to the, the Titans guys, so we talked to them twice. So nine times Watt, one times Minka. I, I think the last seven games of the year, we'll, uh, we'll switch it up. But uh, but I digress. Um, we're, we're heading uh, to the, the top of the hour here. Um, I'm curious your X factor for the Steelers in this one. 
My X factor for the Steelers is going to be Mike Hilton. Ooh. If he's back, this defense is going to look different. I, I believe both him and Tyson Aluwalu practiced today. Uh, it looks like they, they are definitely on path to play. Mike Hilton is a game-changing player. Uh, he's a playmaker, and we need a playmaker. We need a couple of them, and we we need Tyson Alualu too. But he won't he won't show up in the stat sheets like a like a Hilton will. Yeah, I, I think Tyson Alualu was limited today. Uh, also, when he was first injured, I think they said at most two weeks. So if he doesn't play this week, uh, I would assume he'd be uh, good to go for Jacksonville the week after. Um, Last thing before we get out, um, as we always do, our game predictions for this one. Steelers are eight and zero. Jeffrey, are you uh, are you calling them uh, to go nine and zero? Are you are you staying true to uh, what you said early in the year and this being the game they lose? I can't stay with it. I can't as much as as much as I'm saying this is this is the trap game. This is it. This is the trap game I've been expecting. I didn't expect it to be Dallas. I kind of was like, yeah, it it, it kind of established itself as the week was coming up that it was going to be that kind of game. Um, I don't see the Steelers having a second game like that, especially mm. with this defense, uh, with news that Alu might come back. Hilton's coming back. They are going to be all over Joe Burrow. Fred Johnson is out. Bud Dupree does well against these guys. TJ Watt does well against them. This, this to me is going to be a defensive line bloodbath. And I think they do. I think they do get to Joe Burrow. I think whatever they're figuring out for the bye week, whatever wrinkles they're putting in the offense aren't going to matter because Joe Burrow is just going to get the crap kicked out of him on a play-to-play basis. Uh, We're going to see some big plays, going to see some interceptions. He will throw deep to the middle. Joe Burrow is is going to test Minka Fitzpatrick, and that's not going to go well for him. Uh, It's To me, yeah, this game is going to be ugly. The Steelers are going to move the ball. They're going to get the run game going. Uh, and the Steelers are just going to move and score, make the Bengals one-dimensional, full just full throttle rushing the quarterback and and making plays in the secondary. Yeah. and so, if, I didn't give an actual score there. Oh, yeah. So I, I, my bad. Go for I'll it. I'll go 31-9. to nine. Ooh, a big one. Uh, yeah. the, line, the line in this game, I believe, is nine and a half points in the Steelers' favor. So – uh, definitely, definitely kind of being called for a, a blowout type again. Um, myself personally, I think because of uh, the combination of last game being so flat, being back at home, uh, and then the possibilities of Hilton and uh, Alu Alu back in the game, as long as the COVID guys uh, clear and play in the game, I feel like this is going to be uh, a lopsided affair. It really kind of feels to be trending that way. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if it was a shutout type, type game. I, I think the Steelers front seven is just going to do numbers. Avery Williamson, this is really going to be the first game he's featured in. Uh, it, it's going to be exciting to see what he can do. Um, but all that being said, I, I really feel like the Steelers are going to take this one over. Derek Watt, I think he's going to be, if they actually play him at fullback, the Steelers have a running game. I think this is going to be the first time James Conner goes over 100 yards in a couple weeks. Uh, I think the Steelers are going to grind the, the clock out and not be a very high-scoring game. Um, but I, I think the Steelers win this one handily uh, by a score of 27 to three. Uh, uh, just a field goal from the Bengals in this one. I I, I just think the Steelers are going to be all over them defensively. But I got a feeling I'm going to be picking the Steelers to go 60 to 0 this year when it comes to my picks. Uh, the way the schedule's uh, lined up, uh, I feel like a huge homer, but uh, that's the way it's going to be this year. Um, but as we get out here, Jeffrey, is there anything you want to plug before we sign out? 
Yeah, like I, I said earlier, uh, the Vertex that, that Dave Schofield and I work on, uh, this week is a really good one. It's a really good one. Um, I was actually up late trying to trying to solve the questions he had asked me when it when I when I it's like I watched him the film and I'm like, wait, this is the same defense. Everyone they've been throwing the same defense out here since Tennessee. Uh that's a great one to look at. Uh Friday, I believe I'm having one on the the young guys playing because every single rookie played in in week nine. Every single rookie from our rookie class played. And I'm gonna I'm gonna put on some film for each one of them. That'll be fun. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to be looking for that one. I, I love this rookie class. But uh, for BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, make sure you're clicking on, over to that website. Uh, we got great stuff coming out every day, like Jeffrey's Film Breakdowns, those Vertexes with him and Dave Schofield. Tons of stuff from everyone every single day. Uh, tons of content. Uh, we got a contest going on right now on Twitter and Instagram, a signed Kevin Dotson jersey. So make sure to be uh, clicking on the pages and finding those. Um, for your chance to win uh, a signed jersey from uh, the Steelers rookie guard. Um, on top of that, make sure you're listening to all the St- uh, Behind the Steel Curtain family of podcasts. We got tons of content coming out each and every day for you guys. Um, for my co-host, Jeffrey Benedict, uh, it's time to get out of here. That was Know Your Enemy for Week 10 versus Cincinnati Bengals. I'm Michael Beck. We will see you guys in the next one. Have a great day.